0: A day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello once again everybody welcome to another episode of the pack a day podcast you want to stop shop for all things green and gold my name is mike well i'm joined by matt Freilich and gage richard as with the otas wrapping up and mandatory minicamp starting next week we're going to take a look at Mark Murphy's comments on his Packers.com call, Murphy Takes 5. And i got to say, for a guy who's pretty much maligned by a lot of the fan base, he's got a pretty good troll game going on.
1: Yeah, he's doing a good job. Like not, The only thing hotter than Mark Murphy's troll game is the temperature right now in Wisconsin. It is very humid. It's, and sometimes it's not the heat, you guys. It's the gosh darn humidity. But yeah, Mark Murphy, um, he's experienced with these. He's done these for a while, so I think he knows and definitely is being coached by the the Excellent um, public relations firm, or the public relations internal staff of the Green Bay Packers. They always do a great job. So they obviously were very selective and strategic with the answers and the questions they allowed him to answer.
2: Yeah, uh, I, obviously, I'm sure that some of the ones that he got are a little less, a uh, little less free to print, and probably not the best things to have out there. But they had a good mix here of you know what let's get some serious topics let's get some kind of joking topics and make it fun because i mean at the end of the day that's what this whole thing is about here is for it's, it's to be lighthearted and whatnot and the clap back in the very first paragraph of hit the the article or the very first question might have been the highlight of my saturday so far
0: for sure so as as we kind of read through it's Quick reminder as well to find us at Packaday Podcast, wherever your favorite podcast platform is. Let us know how we're doing. Give us a like, a subscription, and all, and all that fun stuff. We really do appreciate it and does help us out a great deal. But before we get to the questions, let's take a look at Murphy describing the, the off-season program. He talked about it being held virtually. There's going to be three weeks of in-person practices. And that he did make note of the guys who weren't there. But he did made the very point that it is voluntary. And that their three-day mini-camp, which will be the 8th through the 10th, is the only mandatory part, and they can find players who fail to attend, and that young players feel it's important to participate in some ways that it will help their chances of making the team. Talking about workout bonuses as well. And they are planning on having fans in attendance for training camp, which I think is a pretty big deal, as long as the virus is under control by the time we get to training camp. And they're encouraging vaccinations, all that kind of stuff. And so... I think a pretty good start to the column there for Murphy. Definitely, like it's, you know, it's funny,
1: just the the way they do this. Like, you know, the Packers and all teams and coaches throughout professional sports have been required or highly encouraged to these Zoom calls, and I'm a big fan of them. I think it gives us direct access to to players, to coaches, to insight, and it's kind of funny, like how they just do this in a old school blog format, written format, which is fine, but. Um, I don't know if that says more of just how they you know, the, the time commitment that goes into doing those Zoom calls or 15 to 20 minutes. If maybe Mark Murphy didn't want to just be taken off guard or like, I don't know why you can just take five of these questions and answer them live. You'd get a lot of people listening. But regardless, good updates on stuff at the top. Like that's the, the, that's some really good actual tangible information. Some of these questions or statements rather from um, the fans around the from around the green and gold that we'll get into are they're good their quality but like really like the tangible stuff to take away the the in-person practices we're getting 12 of those um a couple times a week just you know the whole breakdown of what you can expect as a fan if you're trying to get to training camp which is fantastic i don't see here off a quick glance anything about bikes and the usage of bicycles for um the young packer fans to be able to let the players borrow but i i hope and pray that's still a tradition that
0: stays and is back in 2021. I tend to think it will be just because when you talked about having a regular in-person training camp of fans in attendance, I think at that point with vaccines now available to 12 and up, I think that's a pretty safe bet that they're going to try and have it as normal as humanly possible.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's the whole, like, with the bikes thing, I think that they'll do... I have to guess, I think they're going to do bikes to a certain extent. Like, maybe they'll do only vaccinated kids and families like can be there and i know everyone's like oh well you shouldn't have to show it i I don't care this isn't my decision to make this is theirs um i i think that they'll probably do something like vaccinated kids if you have proof of vaccination and your parents and your family does you can have your bike out there because i like you said they want to try and get it back to normal to a certain extent and having fans at training camp will be a humongously different thing just from a year ago like a year ago the only training camp bits we ever got were the like one reporter that was allowed to sit 10 streets over with a super camera to record everything because they were like, Nope, we're not having anybody nearby. And that's, and that's fine. This year they're trying to make it different. So they're trying to make it, they're trying to make it to where fans are still involved because this is a fan first organization more than any other team in any other sport. Green Bay is a fan first organization because they're owned by the fans. So I like that they're getting the fans back out there. I unfortunately won't be able to attend any training camp uh, events, but I am. But for the people that do get to go, I'm glad they had the opportunity opportunity to do that after uh, not being able to do anything last year.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I think that's going to be a pretty big thing to have back. It'll be a one huge step back toward normalcy this fall. G- getting there fully back to normal will be having a full Packers training camp, having places like Krolls open, people can go and hang out watch watch training camp, watch practice, and go get autographs and meet players and so on and so forth in the parking lot following that. So now let's jump into the very first question. And that was from Dwayne, who tried to go after Murphy and Gudikunz and got a pretty strong clapback from Murphy, who thanked him for his email because he told, "'The jerk to get off his butt and make a play to get Julio Jones.'" Murphy's response was, thanks for the email, as well as the 20 previous emails you've sent in the recent months. And interestingly, there is not a single question among those emails.
1: That had me laughing. That's so funny. Like, that. not only do they have it archived to 20, that that's how many emails he sent, but just Dwayne being the consistent man, stubborn, I'm sure he is, just not a single question, just just statements being sent from his Outlook email account is fantastic.
0: For, absolutely. And then he responded, well, I appreciate your persistence and passion. I tell you, we have tremendous confidence in Brian. In his relatively short tenure, he's completely turned around the fortunes of the team, putting together a talented squad, including the most players voted the Pro Bowl last year in a 28-8 record. And back to back NFC championships. Morvay has a great working relationship with Matt LaFleur and Russ Ball, who have managed their salary cap smartly and have us well positioned for the future. So, outside of him making fun of the guy for not setting a question, I, the, the fact that he says that Gudikas is the confidence of LaFleur and Ball, I think, is a kind of a big thing. That the three oh, of them yeah. do trust each other.
1: Definitely, like that's so important, and like especially when he references, you know, the 2017, 2018 consecutive losing seasons. That was one of the big problems that the Packers had at the time with um, the old GM. With Mike Mar- Mike McCarthy still there, Aaron Rodgers not try- like you could see it was blatant. Like we could see it on TV for two and a half hours. Like, can you imagine the conversations and the the snarkiness that happened behind closed doors and just the combativeness and the fact that you know we can we can definitely see this as an you know outside the organization. Like we can see that there's really no animosity between the um the upper management and the general manager and you know the EPV like or EVP like it's. It's great. It seems fantastic. I have a lot of confidence in all three of those gentlemen. And it, it's just a, another it's it's great to have Mark Murphy speak to that and, you know, kind of put it in perspective. Like, hey, we weren't that far off four or five years ago, Dwayne, where we had, you know, absolute turmoil in this locker room.
2: Yeah, especially when you consider how other teams are um, like just the other Franchises where there is a disconnect from the top down, where the head coach and the GM don't get along, or the GM and the executive vice president don't get along. And just if you don't have that consistency from the top down, it shows there's a reason that the best teams generally have a good relationship in the front office and between the front office, the coaching staff, and then everybody in the front office gets along together. There's a reason that those teams generally are the best teams, and that's where Green Bay is at right now. You have Goot and LaFleur seem to be really in sync. Russ Ball and, uh, and Goot are always working to get this team positioned in the best situation possible. And my favorite thing is watching people on the Internet question these guys who are professionals at what they do. You're mad that Gootikens won't get Julio Jones. Well, there's I mean, you know, Julio Jones is going to cost a lot and he like contract wise is going to cost a lot. There's a reason that. The Packers roster is in the situation that it is, and these guys are the reason they're there. Also, great, get Julio Jones. Here's the one problem with that: Julio Jones doesn't play corner, and that's where Green Bay lost last year. Two, Green Bay has been in the NFC Championship game for the last two years. anybody um, Does anybody know off the top of your head has the have the Atlanta Falcons made the NFC Championship game in the last two years? Just real quick, does anybody
1: know? That's it to know? No. no, Oh, okay,
2: cool. So then, Dwayne, go ahead and do yourself a favor. Just turn the email off and just take a chill pill, man, because clearly these guys might know just a little bit more than you do. Not saying a lot, just at least a little bit more.
1: And I I respect Dwayne's, you know, know, armchair GMing skills, but realistically, Dwayne, with all due respect, like, that's just a – it's a really – terrible idea to think julio jones would be brought in however i do think you could get him for relatively cheap as far as you know draft picks go and whatnot but realistically it just doesn't make sense the packers have no cap space so to bring him in for a one-year deal would be pretty stupid and it just doesn't it's not we're not here for the long term Uh, that's that's not a a long-term decision it's a short-term decision um, and at least, you know, for me, it's nice to see Julio Jones' name in the mix for a tr- possible trade instead of A.J. Green and Odell Beckham because I've literally lost all patience with those types of trade
0: rumors. Yeah, you guys are spot on. So let's jump into question number two. This, one, uh, this one's this one got a little bit of serious stuff and a little bit of fun as well. Uh, from Ken, who says, Dear Mark, you've done a great job, but don't let the bastards drag you down. Washington needs a name, and he suggested the Generals but then unprompted as a response Murphy talked about the situation with Aaron Rodgers saying he has divided the fan base the email, e- emails and letters he has received reflect the fact and as he wrote in this column last month they remain com- committed to resolving things and want him to be their quarterback in 2021 and beyond they're working to resolve the situation and realize that the less both sides say publicly the better let's talk about that part first that last sentence I think is very very telling the less both sides say publicly, the better.
2: I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Yeah, go ahead. I want to jump I want to jump in there. Uh, I think that that is a more or less direct shot at what we've seen with certain star athletes in not just football, but just across sports. Like, obviously, the Julio Jones situation is the one I'm going to reference really quick. We all saw the Fox Sports 1 debacle where Shannon Sharp calls Julio, and then Julio may or may not have known that he was on live television when he said, Nope, I'm out of there. That is the most public thing that has been said. Aaron has not said a lick of anything to the media. I don't care what anybody has reported. I don't care what pro football talk has said. I I don't care what anybody else has said. Aaron has not said a word to the media other than talking about horses at the Kentucky Derby.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And meanwhile, the Green Bay front office – also, not really saying anything. All they've said so far, we, are, we remain committed to him. We want to get this resolved, and we want them to be here. Why, this is why Green Bay is one of the best organizations in football. They're not letting all their dirty laundry hang out in the media. They're they're handling it behind closed doors. Who cares what everybody else is reporting? Every single other reporter has said, oh, Rodgers is gone. He wants to go here. He wants to go there. He's doing this. He's doing that. Rodgers hasn't said anything. The Packers aren't saying he said anything. They're just going on. So – Murphy's saying, look, we're doing our part. Aaron's doing his part by keeping it behind closed doors. And that's we're doing everything we can to make sure that nothing gets twisted around by other people.
1: And it's it's one of those things, too, like where the way this all came out, it sucked, like whether or not you want to crush Adam Schefter for it, be my guess. Like the way he did it, i d I don't really necessarily approve of it. I know other people on the podcast on Packaday and other people in the, the Twitter sphere have disagreed with that take, and that's fine. That's like that you can you can say what you want about that. But like at the end of the day from a straight like I took a couple PR classes in college, Big Flex, and like when you're wanting to minimize the impact of like negative PR, like you need to Manage public perception. And like the way everything came out was horrendous. So at this point, the best thing you can do is shut up, keep everything in house, close the door behind you, scream at who you need to talk to, who you need to get on the phone, get, you know, send care packages, gift baskets, whatever, and control the narrative that the, the public sees. because then once we forget about that, because we live in this like recency bias society, which is fine. Like let's make sure that the microwave minutes kind of fade, give us a couple of weeks. And then we have a press conference of some sort or a public statement or some sort of social media video, something where it's like, okay, we can tie a bow on the situation and we are getting ready for August. We're getting ready for preseason, etc. So like, I think it's, it's okay that he wants less, you know, the sides to stay, say less. And I think that is a, just an overall kind of addressing, not only Aaron Rodgers and his camp and his, his friends and his um, agent, but also other people in the media and obviously, hit you know, people that work under Mike or Mark Murphy, which is literally everyone, so um, I, kudos to him um, strange how he decided that Ken's uh, question about the Washington General's potential naming he decided to throw this little tidbit in there again, kind of a troll job by, uh, by Murphy and the, and the rest of his PR team
0: for sure, and I do like the fact that he did say something like that and then just to lighten things up a little bit Let's talk about the Washington Potential Generals, because it looks like they're going to be the football team for one more year, but it makes a good point. With the Washington Generals, they've been well-known for being the team that always plays the Globetrotters, and they always lose. They are one and over 16,000. That's not the best name for a football team if you want to be considered a, a, in the same league as a comedy team that is intentionally meant to lose.
2: And what if it's the opposite? What if, they're, what if they, they, they're he, they bring the name and they're going to flip it? The name's only known for losing. If they win two games, they're automatically better.
1: Right. And if you're, maybe, and maybe they're just not meant for the the old peach basket leather round ball game. Maybe they're better with a you know an oval shaped pigskin game. Like maybe that. They're, maybe they're just they're putting a we're putting a you know a round pig in a square hole. Like we need to literally have it where it's like okay, we're just playing the wrong sport, guys. Like the Washington Generals can figure it out. Um, good. You know, good pop culture pull from uh, Murphy, though. I, I like that. And, you know, the, the one win and 16,000 losses ballparked it, I'm sure. Um, who could possibly know if there's 16,000 losses? Maybe there's more than one win across there. But um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Washington General's name. I still think it is kind of um, controversial controversial or polarizing. I would like something a little bit less. Just Give me something different. That's all I'm going to say.
2: As of January 29, 2020, they had three wins since 1952 and nearly 19,000 losses. Yeah. He didn't even fact check it. Jeez. Oh, Come on, Mark. Get Terrible. it together, man. Terrible. Terrible. I, 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 okay. This could just be me. I don't hate the Washington football team name. I don't either. I think it's okay. I I, 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 When it first was announced, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. But over time, I'm like, I don't mind it. I think it's – I think it's – I think it's cool because it's different.
0: Agreed. Now, and now, a team from every other sport did it. So, if like, if Cleveland became the Cleveland baseball team, then it might start getting a little old and a little bit stale.
2: I don't like that. That sounds bad. I, this could just be me. I don't. The Cleveland baseball team sounds – that sounds like somebody talking about baseball and they don't know the name of the team from Cleveland.
0: Yeah. No, I, th- I think if they were to change the Washington football team's name – I kind of like the idea of going to former players and talking about, it. like, Murphy played for him and just and talking to some of those guys, like, hey, what do you guys think it should be? Obviously, keep it non-racist, but what do you guys think it should be? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and give I totally it, agree. And give them the a little bit of a say as, as a part of the history. Well oh no. So the next question, another very relevant one from Greg from Toluca, Illinois. With reports of people getting vaccinated and the states working to get back to normal, as a season ticket holder, he wanted to ask, what are the current thoughts on the number of fans allowed at games? Being from downtown Illinois, obviously making reservations for people driving in is a big factor. And Mark Murphy responds that they're planning to have 100% capacity for the games this year. They're hoping COVID numbers will continue to decline They get more and more people in the community vaccinated. They've talked with local health officials. They feel good about the vast majority of seating being outside and they are confident that there will be full stands this fall unless there's a dramatic change in the virus that's great news that is huge news if that they're planning on full 100% capacity in Lambo this year that that cannot be stated well enough
1: oh it's awesome like you know what kind of sucks though like having gone to that divisional game versus the LA Rams was so damn fun with 8000 fans because not only did you have to make up for it being 10% of the crowd, you like had to cheer harder, but the leg room, I mean, I'm six, three, and it is, was fantastic not to have to be cramped in. You could spread out on those bleachers and now we're going to have everyone back. And I got to, you know, you gotta, you gotta pass the beers down. People are touching it. It's a whole thing. Like it was really cool to be able to spread out, but you know, good for the local economy to be able to sell more tickets, Um, and that just sounded like
2: the most like first world problems I've ever heard, man, I'm tall. Somebody else has got to pass me my beer. There's not enough room to stretch out. It's man. That was that. That was great. How about this?
1: How about this? This might be more in line with you, Gage. No line in the bathroom. That's excellent. I know you have a bladder issue sometimes. It's very simple. You could go four, five, six times without even missing like a snap. If you were that quick.
2: I, me personally I still think that they should put TVs in the bathroom completely unrelated I still think that that should be a thing but anyway yeah no I think it's I think it's great to have fans in the stands again I talked to. I got. I don't. I didn't say. It, I don't want to say it, to. I got into an argument on Twitter the other day where someone was saying fans are the only re- thing that make games good. And this was. This came right after the water bottle being thrown at Kyrie incident, which we don't have to get into everybody's opinions on Kyrie Irving. But if you think that throwing water bottles or throwing anything else to professional athletes is okay, you don't need to be there. I said I was okay with fans not being at games because I've quickly learned again. Fans didn't need to be there in the first place because they can't handle themselves. So yeah, having fans at games is awesome. It's going to be great to, like you said, Matt, help the local economy because since Green Bay is, like, I got somebody tried to tell me that Green Bay is a not a small market. No, Green Bay is a small market. There is a, it's a very tiny town. I think that in terms of the Big Four sports, they are the far and away smallest. City in terms of population and it's like they're smaller than a vast majority of cities that don't even have sports teams Um, but it's great for that aspect of things and you can really see how much Packer fans and just fans in general really help rally this team. Like this team really loves the community you get and they're just because they are fixtures in it. You don't think of Green Bay like the few times I visited. I don't think of it as this booming metropolis where I'm never going to see a professional player. I, I think that I could be riding my bike down the street and I'm going to see Aaron Jones taking a walk or I'm going to see Bob Tunyon going for a run down the street and just all sorts of stuff like that because these guys are literally just this. City and the team are they're one. They're not two different entities. They are one thing together.
0: Yeah. Or you see a quarterback with a thirty rack in the back of Bakhtiari's truck.
1: Also possible. Very possible. Especially since I drive past that intersection like a dozen times a week. So yeah, it's it, it it's great. Like honestly, like living in Green Bay, like the, it there wasn't as much of an economic economic impact as they thought and projected. Um, Thank goodness. There was some projections I want to say back in like May, like literally a year ago, they said if there was no games, um, it was going to make like 50 percent of businesses or maybe just hospitality businesses close. Um, That is not the case. That just hasn't occurred yet. Maybe it will, but I don't see that happening. But overall, it's still good because, you know, one year, if you were able to keep your head above water, that's excellent. But at this point, like you're like, okay, we've invested a lot of money into our restaurant, our bar, our pub, whatever it is, like we need to have some of that that extra money coming in with those those home games. So, um, it'll be great, and I, I love getting that vote of confidence from from Murphy. It's a it's a good question also. It's like I, to be honest, it's the first good question we had because the first two really weren't questions. They're were more statements. So shout out from Greg from uh, the metropolis of Toluca, Illinois.
3: Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join.
0: For sure, so let's jump down to our next one. This one's from Brian, uh, maybe not Brian Gutekunst, but maybe it is, who knows, saying he loved the draft this year, and obviously the brass is high on Jordan Love. That's the he's progressing, how is he on his feet, scrap his grasp of the offense. Does he have the IQ to utilize his raw talent? Brian Gudikunz is doing a fine job keeping the team competitive and well-balanced. Murphy talked about, uh, it was a shame that Jordan that the pandemic impacted his rookie year. And though it wasn't a wasted year, he had no in-person practices in the offseason and no preseason games. However, both Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett have said that they like what they've seen from him this offseason. Hackett said the biggest difference this year is his confidence and his decision-making and his timing and accuracy have all improved. And it's helped for for him to get reps with the first team. And the preseason will be crucial this year in his development. Pretty stock answer but it's good to hear mark talk a little bit about what Jordan love is doing on on the field
1: yeah and our guy Bry here you know not only hits him with the first question as I already alluded to but hits him with one two three four questions so really really taking you know pick up the slack for the his uh, his predecessors but um, I, the IQ thing that was kind of a weird I don't I don't understand like he got a 27 on his wonder lick like you know, there's not a lot of stock in that, but it it's not like an 8 or a 10. And, like, he's a quarterback. He's going to have to know how to play at different offenses. Um, and to be honest, with to Murphy's point, yeah, that it absolutely sucks that we weren't able to see one Jordan Levin preseason. He wasn't able to work on his game with extra, you know, snaps. It's, it's super unfortunate that he wasn't even able to be activated for a game last year. It would have been awesome for him to even get some random, you know, victory formations under his belt, you know, make make his rushing stats in the negative. I would have loved to see that. But at the end of the day, like he's from what I've seen thus far. Yeah. Is it a million dollar question for sure? But I think we have a couple thousand dollars worth of answers thus far. Like we've seen some tape on him that looks really damn good and, you know, say what you want about, you know, it just being in, you know, in shells and, and shorts. Like he's still, per he's still doing well. Like he's having his mechanics look a lot better better in the videos we've seen his throws are a little bit more efficient um and again i need to remind people when aaron Rodgers came into the league from cal he was an absolute shambles of a human being when it came to his his skill set his mechanics and he developed over a number of years and is still developing as he spoke this last year about his timing and the way he drops steps and bounces and like he jordan will figure it out it's just a, it, the problem is he's behind the curve, just like every every rookie from last year that didn't have an opportunity. So, um, again, a lot of confidence from the brass, as Brian alluded to, and and as they should. That's the, that's the future.
2: Yeah. And Mark pointed out something very important. Uh, it was a shame that it, it impacted so much of his rookie year. Uh, it being the pandemic. You look at Tua um, Tunga Valoa, and Miami who it came out this week where Tua said he didn't have a full grasp on the playbook or he didn't know it as well as he should have. And then people said, well, shouldn't he have learned it? There's no excuse for that. And it's the guy didn't have the entire off season. He was rehabbing. There was all these other reasons. Jordan Love wasn't rehabbing, but again, didn't have the entire off season. He was the, he was a quarterback who would have, it would have been huge for him to be able to really glob onto Aaron Rodgers during the summer last year like in like, just as much as possible, and get to learn from him. He didn't get to do that. And also, I'm gonna give Brian the benefit of the doubt on the IQ that he's talking about, the football IQ. Like, <clears throat> does he have the football intelligence to play? Because we've seen plenty of players who have maybe have regular intelligence but not have football intelligence, and vice versa. And then just raw talent. We've seen guys who have a ton of raw talent and just have no clue how to use it. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt that that's what he's referring to. I think that Jordan Love is a. We, Anybody that just doesn't pay that close of attention to the draft only saw the final year of Jordan Love. Go watch his second to last year where he was an, ast- an astounding young player and the ceiling like and the talent level was very clearly there and you could see how much he could do and then he lost his head coach and basically every top receiving weapon that he had and he had a bad year. Duh, that's going to happen when you lose all of your weapons – and then your head coach and everything's just changed around you're probably not going to do as well so i think that mark does a great job of answering this question the all four of these questions while remaining coy like somewhat coy about it like he doesn't he doesn't ever come out and say oh yeah no he's ready to replace aaron Rodgers," or oh he's ready to go do this and that it's just he's getting better he's getting reps with the he's getting reps with the ones he's like the coaches and obviously their coaches are going to they're not going to say he's going to be he's been bad they're not going to come out and do that but he's answering all these questions while at the same time keeping his cards close to his chest so that way there's not too much going on because if you put if you heap too much praise on Jordan Love that puts too high of expectations on him and they don't want to do that they want to let him grow and develop into the talented player that they can believe he can be and I I'm with him. I think that he can be a extremely talented player, and he in the league once he is fully developed. I'm just excited to see when that fo- when we get to that uh, bridge.
0: For sure, and there's very much of the athletic director of Mark Murphy in that response. I mean, that's what I mean coming from his work at Northwestern. That there's very much that kind of vibe. So let's again lighten things up. We'll get to our last question. That's uh, Bryce from Sparta. Of Wisconsin, And he says he read that the Packers will be getting new alternate uniforms, hoping for the Packers' six uniforms himself with the striped socks. And Murphy confirmed that there will be a historic third uniform being worn at a home game this year. And they're not going to fully introduce it yet. They will include a shade of the color green. They'll unveil them closer to the season on social media and Packers.com. I'm looking forward to this, and I know neither of us are huge fans of the Acme Packers or the Blues that they that Curly Lambeau liked being a Notre Dame guy that he was, but there are some interesting greens that they used before the Lombardi years that were pretty fascinating, and there's that there could be some really interesting combinations that they bring if they truly bring back like basically just a repeat of what they had back in the day, and especially if they bring back the long sleeves. Oh, long sleeve. Oh
1: God that's terrible no long sleeves I mean, it, would be, it would be a cool jersey to own as a fan but I I can't imagine playing in long sleeves that seems like an absolute disaster for a football player but um, I I'm put in you know mark put a little pressure on the the social media team with multiple social media posts you don't even get one like we can't just do like one big PR player like one social push from them um, but overall like yeah I think like like you said Mike we we being us three are aren't fans of the acme packing jerseys I'd never like those I think they're they're stupid to be honest I, I just don't like anything about them from the socks the pants the helmet to the especially the jerseys um, I am a fan of like those 60s I think you called it a Kelly green I'm trying to find the pantone color of it uh, super nerdy here but r- like at the end of the day like just there's there's not a lot of creativity you can have with these packers jerseys the packers are obviously a very traditional team they're not going super outside the box we're not getting like the bumblebee jerseys we're not getting anything you know that crazy we're not getting any like you know lime green jerseys or anything you know that bizarre the most creativity you can have is like in madden as i referenced before recorded and get get the pea green um or excuse me the p the pea yellow uh, jerseys the the yellow and yellows but I know Gage has some opinions on this. All I really want is just no more Acme packing, and give me like like he alluded to like that '60s vibe uh, back at Ray Nitschke and those glory years. So, but I know I know Gage is pretty opinionated on that, so I'll let him have the floor now on the the jerseys.
2: Yeah, I'm not gonna say too much on the Acme uniforms. You addressed it thoroughly. I don't think they look good. I've never thought they looked good. I understand respecting the history and whatever, and to the people that want to come and tell me to get off their lawn and respect my history. I don't really care what you have to say. I think the color rush uniforms are great. Give me the all I give me all white uniforms as the as the third one. I I think they look so crisp like the all white you got the white top with the white pants and then the green number. I you don't need to do anything else. They're mm-hmm. the helmets are fine. You don't need to change the color of the helmet. You don't which I still think that NFL teams should be allowed to have alternate helmets. I don't agree with this whole like oh well we're only going to have one helmet per team. I don't think that looks good i think you should be able to change up helmets but anyway for the third uniform just make it an all white white top white bottom green pants you don't you don't need to do anything else because that one that uniform looks so good and i always got so frustrated when it would be a color rush night and they're like okay packers are wearing their greens and it's just a like a green uniform or whatever and it's i see other teams where like the bucks who have like a all red uniform or the Saints and the Raiders, who both have very similar uniforms in that it's like an all white with a look. The number is either silver or gold, depending on if it's Saints or Saints or Raiders. I think they look so good. I've those never understood it. The, those are the, fire. The, the, those uniforms are so good. The teams that go really out there like the, the Rams, super yellows, which I'm not a huge fan of the all yellow Rams uniform. I think it's a little much, but at the same time, it's different. And I like I like the fact that it's different. The Green Bay uniform, like the all white one. It it just it looks so good. And I wish that they would wear it more. I always get a little bit frustrated when they don't wear it because I'm like, this was a chance you could have done it. And they're not going to. It's going to be another green uniform, which is fine. I don't get to make these decisions, but it just the all white one looks so, so good. And then the best part about it is when you come out of the end of a game and your quarterback's jersey is still all white. His pants are still all white because and the only green he has is from when he kneeled down one time that just tells the offensive line hey we did our job today the 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 laundry guys are going to love us because quarterbacks uniforms clean they don't have to worry about cleaning it that hard this week so yeah i love the all-white uniforms i wish that that's what they would go to as the third uniform or the alternate uniform i understand the green bay is probably not going to they've always been a little more conservative on the uniforms and i understand that's fine that's your decision to make but as a fan that's what i would like to see like, if every three weeks they busted out, like, an all-white uniform and I get to see Rodgers dropping dimes in an all-white uni to Devontae Adams, who's got his bright yellow cleats on, and he's just dicing up corners, that's just – that's chef's kiss right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm with both of you guys to an extent. I do like the all-whites, and they're really sharp on primetime. The lights of a, a, a night game really make them pop. And that and I remember when they first said they're going all white and everyone was mad like, Well, why aren't they going all green or all yellow? Well all green blends in and you, then you look like the Jets and that's never a good thing. And the all yellows you you look like you need to get to a doctor. But the all whites were very, very sharp and I think the those still might be around for, for a prime time for a Thursday night game. I can see them keeping those, but I think with what these alternate thirds will be, it's gonna be it'll be for a home game, I'm guessing it'll be a in, uh, intercon- outside of conference game, probably. And there's been some other older jerseys that were in before Lombardi that were a lighter shade of green, almost like a Christmas green look. Very, very tame, very light. And I know there is one that there's not a good history behind the Informed because it was used, I think, just once. It was clearly Lambeau made it for their when they won the championship and they played the college all star team. And the jerseys were such bad quality, I think they were wool, that they were playing in like California, and the players all uh, melted in the heat, and they lost to the college all-star team. And so I, I remember, I remember reading about that, and that didn't go well. But I think it might be like a lighter shade of green, and kind of like a throwback to the to the 50s, and especially with Bobby Dylan going to the Hall of Fame this past year, a throwback to. Maybe try and redeem what was a dark era in Packers history back in the 50s. Something like that. But it's fun to talk about stuff like this. And, again, credit to Mark Murphy for this column. It's It's been, over the over the past few years that he's done this, it's been a good insight into the mind of the guy, into his sense of humor and the way he is. he And also the way he kind of acts. He does play it safe a little bit, but he also does answer some questions in a roundabout way that needed to be answered and i do appreciate that so as we wrap things up matt we'll go to you first Uh, what are you working on now
1: uh just getting ready for you know football to to happen um training camp i'm gonna try to get there we got some stuff in the works for pack day podcasts i know as we get towards actual real football so bear with us hope you guys are liking these off topics i know a lot of the other um you know, the, the duos and the trios of Packaday day Podcast are trying to come up with new content for you guys. So send us all your suggestions, and hopefully you're enjoying some of this more lighthearted content. Uh, we have some stuff in the works for Game On Wisconsin. we got a couple of meetings here coming up in the next few weeks, so look out for some things progressing that way. Um, and really just kind of enjoying the summer. Um, it's nice. and actually recording at my house tonight, or today, uh, instead of in a, in a vehicle uh, shout out again, once again, uh, Sturgeon Bay uh, Library. Ex- excellent, excellent Wi-Fi in the parking lots. to record last weekend. But other than that, just I'm honestly just super stoked for training camp and especially excited for preseason to see um, Jordan Love and some of these younger guys to really just take a look at what the offensive line is going to look like, the secondary, and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, uh, go, pack go. And you can follow me on Twitter still at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. DM me, tweet at me, let me know anything you guys ever want to talk about, my take on anything, and uh, hopefully I'll have some good insight for you. Gage, what do you got going on, dude?
2: You can find me and on Twitter, as always, at Gbridge for NFL. Still doing stuff for Roto Baller, Dynasty Nerds, uh, and as well as Denver Stips. Denver Nuggets in round two of the playoffs against the Phoenix Suns it is getting ready to kick off. I did my uh, Film Friday series to kind of preview that that came out uh yesterday so now two days ago when you guys are hearing this uh so working on pro, uh player outlooks for rotoballer right now doing those as well as just some other off-season content stuff and really gonna ramp that up here over the next two months and help get you guys prepared for winning your fantasy leagues that's all i got for you though sounds good and you can find me on twitter at mike wentlands all one word that last name
0: w e n d l a n d t also, find all of the content at Packaday Podcast. Also, wherever your favorite podcast can be found. Whatever platform you're looking for, it will be there. Also, check out Andy's work on the YouTube channel. That has been a great, great uh, resource for us, and it's been really cool watching him work on that, and, and hopefully that continues going forward as well. And Of course, check out the Packaday Podcast tomorrow with Andy and company. They'll be have another topic for you guys. Again, every day we, we will be here. We have not missed one yet. And so that being said, we'll say so long for Matt Freilich and for Gage Bridgeford. This is Mike Welland. Everyone enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Stay cool. Always carry the G. And go pack go.